St. John says at the end of the Gospel that he wrote, and I quote him, There are also many other things which Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose, that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. End of quote. So we do not have written down the details of all the times and all the places that the risen Jesus appeared to the apostles and the other disciples. Neither do we know all those to whom he did appear. This does not make what we do have recorded in the Gospels, in the Acts of the Apostles or the New Testament epistles, false or misleading. Rather, it simply means what it says, that not everything could be recorded. What is recorded, though, bears witness to the historical fact of the resurrection. St. Peter and the other apostles, with the exception of St. John, and thousands of others would not have willingly suffered martyrdom for a notion, an idea, or a carefully constructed ruse, or an idle tale. In fact, in selecting St. Matthias to take the place of Judas, St. Peter says that to be counted among the apostles meant that he had to have eaten and drunk with Jesus after he rose from the dead. One of the lovely traditions handed down orally about the journey to Emmaus that we heard in the Gospel of today's Mass is the identity of the one disciple who is named. He's called Cleopas or Clopas. Now he was the uncle of Jesus because he was brother to St. Joseph. That's amazing, isn't it? Now Cleopas's son, Simeon, went on to be the second bishop of Jerusalem after St. James the Apostle was martyred. The wife of Cleopas was Mary, one of the two women who comforted Our Lady at the Cross. There was St. Mary Magdalene, there was St. John, and there was the other Mary, who was Our Lady's sister-in-law. Now this historical fact can really pull us up short. Why did Cleopas not recognise Jesus? He had known his nephew all his life. Now this strikingly demonstrates the entirely new creation that is the resurrected body. The resurrected body is not defined or confined by space, time, or any dimension of this world. And it is so different from the body that belongs to this world as to, to appear to be entirely different. But let us return to the bewildered and downcast Cleopas and his travelling companion. Their meeting with the risen Christ rekindled in them a strong and transforming hope Jesus went to seek them out as they walked away from Jerusalem, as they walked away from the others, filled with consternation 
and the emptiness of a growing despondency and perhaps even acute desperation. The Church has always viewed the events of this Sunday's Gospel as not only an analogy for, but also in reality, the Paschal meal of the risen Christ. In other words, the Mass. Walking with them, Christ explained the Scriptures to them, which parallels the Liturgy of the Word, the first great part of Holy Mass. Sitting with them at table, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them, which parallels the liturgy of the Eucharist. From the moment that Jesus joins them on the road, it is Jesus who is the actor, the protagonists. The two disciples are taken by him into the mysteries, into the mysteries of salvation. It is the same for us at Holy Mass. At Mass, Christ associates us with himself in the great work in which God is perfectly glorified and we are sanctified. So Holy Mass is not about us and our relationship to each other. That comes way down the list. It is first about Christ as the priest, the victim and the sacrifice. And then how he enables us to enter into what he does to give glory to the Father and make us holy. For this reason, every gesture, every movement, every word, sung or said, must be directed towards this double purpose of glorifying God and our entering into holiness. Everything at Mass is glorification, praise, sacrifice and supplication. Even when it appears that we are being addressed, like in the readings from Holy Scripture, and we are being taught, even then those words are being offered to Christ to be taken into the presence of the Father in the heavenly liturgy. In these sacred mysteries, in Holy Mass, nothing remains earthly, but everything becomes heavenly. This makes huge demands upon us in our participation in the sacred action. We must not act like an audience, We must not seek the shortest possible time taken for Mass. We must reverence the words, the gestures, the vessels, the books, everything at Mass, because it contains the sacred. It is by doing this that we gain the immense graces that are possible to be gained by participation in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Doing less results in fewer graces. That's why coming to Mass and participating in it fully is demanding. But as we know, nothing worthwhile comes easy. Therefore let us all, priest and people alike, be faithful to this everlasting memorial of our redemption, 
for we have been given in Christ the power to offer the fullness of divine worship. Laudato Jesus Christus.